Hi everybody, and welcome to another episode of Queen's Corner Storytime. We are continuing the D&D DM Roundtable. I cracked my knuckle in the thing. I hate when I do that. I'm sorry for everybody that's listening. Uh, this is the third episode within the series. This episode actually has a topic of its own, and that topic is the thing that we all love and some of us hate, but it is the thing that really makes D&D go, mmm nice and warm. And that is homebrew. Uh, we have, returning to the table, whichever wants to go first. My name is Ken, also known as Panta Shark. Uh, <laughs> Alrighty then, uh, yeah, it's good to be back. Welcome back. I am Megan, also known as Megs and Fuzzy Megs. I am back to talk about that sweet macaroni of homebrew. Sweet macaroni of homebrew. And joining the table for the very first time. Yeah, I even got my pen. You even got a pen. Yeah. That's, that's what you get when you get, you come on the show. You get a pen, a uh, sticker, and a dice. Yeah. And uh, my name's Alexander. Um, I don't really have any other names to go by, so you, just just Alexander. In my phone, Call you're, me Ale- in my phone you're Alexander the Omnish. Uh, only I like it. I'll take it. Everybody has a name on my phone. Heck yeah. Uh, you are Super Saiyan 3 Ken. Oh, yes. all right. <laughs> nice. I got no eyebrows. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we continue, everybody who listened to the first episode knows a little bit about Megan and Ken Alexander. Tell us a little bit about your D&D journey before we... Oh, man. <laughs> okay. Cool. back 3,000 years. Okay. 4,000 billion years of D&D into Summer two of words. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it uh, started when I was about 13, and that was about 16 years ago. Um, I got into DMing probably three years into it, and I think I've played exactly like two characters since then. So, you know. Yeah. Um, and then uh, about five years ago, I got really serious about like the idea of a forever campaign or forever setting um and that's what i brought with me to talk about today uh is is my setting called broken oaths so yeah yeah he has a clap track i do oh nice (laughs) it went well with it so it worked out well so everyone here at this table in one way shape form or another has dabbled in homebrew within all of our D&D careers. Um, actually, what was, uh, let's go around, what was, what was everybody's first taste of homebrew? And why? Hmm. My first taste of homebrew was literally DMing. I did not get to experience it as a player until recently. But I found that with the machinations of rules, homebrewing lets me do enough creativity and it brings out more character commitment when I allow it to the player characters. So that was my first taste of homebrewing because I just, I tried to follow a campaign, it worked okay, but every time I tried to do a by the book thing, it would always fail. Because no one would feel committed or attached to their characters. Uh, I would have to say my very first taste would be Horde of the Dragon Queen. 
Granted, yes, it is a module, but uh, there's a few things in there that I was just not too fond of, and I wanted to change it around, and that's how I started, and went from there. <laughs> I wanted to add jazz. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Improvise. Improv. Snake jazz. Snake jazz. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it works well with a dragon. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I think my first time uh, getting into homebrew was probably... Honestly, I think it was when we were playing uh, 3.5 in Pathfinder. Um, I had a roommate that I lived with while I was in college that... Um, one of the reasons that we even knew each other was through D&D and our shared hobby and um, I think it was the first campaign I ran for him, his uncle and a friend of theirs uh, that we we went completely off the rails like like it was it was a uh, it was an experience from the first I think we, we homebrewed like Templates 3.5 had these templates that you could apply to your characters that adjusted like combat rating and things like that, and we made up our own just to be as overpowered as possible. Um, and I, I think by the end of it, they were like level 25 and, and had mythic tiers and were doing insane stuff. The fights were taking like five and six hours at a time, and we didn't use miniatures, so we had like a whiteboard with magnets on it. That's how we tracked. <laughs> range and things like that and and it was just it was it was a lot it was um there's a lot to keep track of and then i i stopped playing 3.5 entirely and haven't touched it since so <laughs> yeah, i lost the taste for that burned it out of me trauma. yeah trauma trauma is the word you're like i'm not a math wizard no no oh yeah well yeah uh my first taste of homebrew was a. Uh, Pinterest at 3 in the morning. Uh, I was looking for a particular character block, and I was like, oh, that's neat. And then I found another, and then another, and then I got on the Reddit, and I was like, ooh, the world has opened up to me. <laughs> so, yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you dabbled into other people's creativity, and you're mm. like, look at this whole new world, and you just it's became Princess home. Jasmine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly you're aware that, like, Oh, it doesn't have to just be what's in the book. It does not. And that, that that segues into the next part. The things in the books, I don't know how you all looked at them, but I, I always looked at them as like guidelines once I really started. started I, I want to say collectively, I feel like we barbosed our way into D&D. &D oh, yeah, 100%. Book. It's more like <laughs> guidelines. Yeah, guidelines. yeah. Uh, and yeah. they... And then sometimes there are some things in the book that just don't feel right to me. Like, mm -hmm. the, one, the one thing that was, like, the most recent, uh, that, well, besides the fact that the uh, Glory of Giants books has some AI art in it. That's yeah, literally. other than that. Other than that. Uh, thanks for my collector's edition, Wizard of the Coast. Um, <laughs> the, sponsor me, when sponsor they, me, please. Sponsor me, please. <laughs> When they uh, released their Vecna, was it last year? Yeah. Yeah. When they released their Vecna, he felt very... Bad. Bad. Yeah. Timid. He felt like a baby. Oh, dear. He, he, he felt like, man, some little files will fuck around and kill this guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, this is supposed to be a big bad? What is yeah. this? And then that... Was he CR30? No. No? No. Why? 
Because, yeah, exactly. <laughs> why? Exactly. Tell me why. Like, I want to know. Tarask is CR30. Tarask is CR30. Do you tell me that Dalt Dragon can kill him? Yeah. Dalt Dragon's go, ow. Yeah. <laughs> they just gotta lick him and spit on him. And so I'm like, oh, this, this doesn't feel right. And that inspired me to, like, create my first thing that looks official but it's not official with a... Uh, Home brewery. Yeah. Uh, I made my own little Vecna, and then I made other classes and other things since then. Uh, but y- yeah, it, 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 it's Dungeons and Dragons. Like I think I said in the intro, it's greatest strength, and then sometimes it also can be its greatest weakness because homebrew can get out of control so mm. fast. Yeah, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yes, I learned the hard way. That was that whole first experience with it for me. Yep. Yes. God, yes. It was bad. It's real bad. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Only my husband making a god character Me? by accident. <laughs> He's well. like, well, like, I did give you the tools. I'm sorry, but oopsie poopsie, I learned. Oopsie poopsie, and that and that can and I feel like for some folks that lends into some of their like worst D and D experiences is when they have those moments of like, I think this would be really cool. They explore it, explore it, and then realize by the time they get to like level nine. Spirit bomb, one hundred d six worth of damage, mm-hmm. and there. Ever somebody goes home crying, and that's never what we want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just scrolling through the D and D Beyond, like homebrew, the the classes, the spells, the feats, all that yeah. kind of stuff, and sorting by like the most amount of like downvotes is a trip because there's stuff on there that's exactly like what you're saying, which is yes. like, yeah, it's a hundred d six, but then there's also some that are just like your god. That's your all god. it says. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. you're god. Game. You won the game. You don't need to roll dice anymore. You just tell the DM what you want to do. Better yet, kill the DM. Kill Take the his DM. place. Uh, you're the DM now. It's your game. Yeah. The DM is now a player. And no, you have to play alone now. Oh. Yeah. You're oh, so on the pretense that no one wants to be near you. Penance, yeah. yeah. You are every character now. Yep. Ooh. They call that writing a novel. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's that's literally what that is. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I so question for all of you before we get down into like the deep part of this. The deep, deep. The deep, deep. This mm-hmm. guy over here. He's Do I need deep. to get my boots? I mean, you can. Okay. You might need. Need your five sandals. Oh, mud in my toes. Homebrew. Uh, it. Yeah, like some examples, I got some of the books, not these two, these two are just words of the coast, mm. but like some things that I've kickstarted, and I know you kickstarted some things, like, have I shown you this? No. This yeah. is uh, this is Anime 5e, this is literally what I came to D&D for, uh, is this book here, and it's literally, here, take a gander while I talk about it, it's literally... For all the people that can't see. For all the people that can't see, look it up, it's called Anime 5e, it's compatible with 5th edition. Uh, it is literally any weeby thing you want it to be. You can oh, be yeah. a you can be a magic girl. You can be. Yeah, I've got my my transformation <laughs> sequence ready. Because it's the best magic. thing. It's so good. Because it's so good. I, that was an, an official Pathfinder product. They had magical girl transformation sequences <laughs> oh my God. in first edition Pathfinder. Oh, that is so, so good. cool. Uh, but yeah, it, it comes with so many different things, and it uses—I forget the system that it actually uses off the top of my head. 
but you ba- when you're building your character, you have to you get a, a lot of amount like of points based off like, of your mm. race yeah. or their class, and that's how you build your character there. Yeah, there's tentacle monsters because anime. Yeah, it was hard. Yeah, talking about like, human I skin pressure. For this. And talk about human skin pressure next to a squid, and I'm like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's correct. Oh, that's a stand. That's a cool stand, too. Holy oh, cow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just want to play a JoJo campaign now. I mean, you can. I, I could. You really could. Now this podcast is yeah, a JoJo I... reference. <laughs> would that be a monk class? I think that would be a monk class. It's like monk, pi- fighter, say? paladin, yeah, warlock, all rolled one. There's elasticity. Yeah. And then Every the... anime character's a monk, if you think about it. Yeah. Real deal, fam. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a monk, that's subclass. That's oh, you want to be an anime character? Else. Monk. Monk. We <laughs> <laughs> have the Sun Souls. Literally just key blasts. Like, <laughs> yeah. What's your name? Sun Goku? Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there are like, some of the some companies out there that are, I guess you would call them third-party companies, mm. like Cobalt Press, yep. uh, that have, like, uh, there are these big old giant thick books. Toma like, Beasts and yeah, Creature Codex and, and, and all that. All this stuff. Have y'all seen these before? Oh, yeah. I own them. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> They're good. As well. Well, Here, take a gander at that. I have several. <laughs> they have like a, like, like oh, Slavic and I Eastern European. the girl from The Ring right away. Like, right away. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, yep. this is what Selkie. we want you to use. And they are, all this is essentially homebrew, but they're things that elevate D&D and make it better. Nothing in there I feel like is... Crazy it overpowered. looks very polished too. To it be is. honest, like it, it doesn't feel like you're holding a, I guess, unofficial. Yeah. Well, it's it's Wolfgang Bauer, and it's and it's he was like a, a designer for older editions of D and D. So it's like people that have gone on to make third party content. Which, you know, thanks for trying to redact the. Uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say we're not going to talk about that oh, really quick. Are we? I like it a lot. Oh, I really. Yeah. I might have to get yeah. those. <laughs> they're, they're very good. They have a lot of things. I like. You should get them now before you can't. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. will be able to get them. Is the best part. Like those aren't going away. Um, they're just changing their their license, their commons license. Just really weird. Yeah. yeah. They were. I don't know what. The, I think they're pulling yeah. a what? What? What is that gaming company called? Under something. Under. The one that just redacted its pricing change because a bunch of people went. Bonkers. Oh wow! I don't know. I don't know. It was a very popular one well, that a bunch of people use, like the Undertale people use, the Cult of the Lamb people use. Press ah! button. That was the wrong one. <laughs> I, apologize. I I hit scream instead of boom. No, I, I think it fit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're talking about like game licensing. That's horror. That yeah, is, that that is horror. Yeah. And to be honest, that's. What wizards have? Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if they if they come after someone, it's me. You can say wizards of the coast. I, I don't want the Pinkertons at your door. I mean, <laughs> I do. I, <laughs> I like Alexander's like yes. Wow, <laughs> Instagram Live. What are you doing? Those are my books. We will compensate you. <laughs> okay. That was for magic cards. We don't need to worry about that. <laughs> that is products. That is yeah. true. That yeah. is true. Which, I don't know, all of that feels... Okay, I'm going to say this, and it's fine, because it's my show, I'll say it. It all, it does <laughs> all feel here. a bit Monopoly-y to yeah. me. Because mm-hmm. Wizards of the Coast, they also are in, 
either with magic cards and there was something else that they're in there with and they're in the, with all these things and it's like we're really just giving the money all to the same place and I'm like ooh I don't like that as well yeah. that's the other reason that I like will support Cobalt Press or Kickstart uh this right here, and also play Alexander's yeah. game. <laughs> I wrote an entire overhaul of, of modern fantasy D20 role-playing precisely because of this. For context for the people that can't see, Alexander has what looks to be like two spiral notebooks like crafted <laughs> together of information. Yeah, and it's like just the, the class over rules. Over 150 page words. Yeah, it's just we'll, class rules. We'll take a picture of this. Yeah. Click. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Alexander quickly copyright. Copy oh, it's got my name on it. It's fine. It it's all good. Name on it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's got the yeah. coffee stands from my house. So I yeah. licked it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the original. My DNA is something. But yeah, so let's go. Let's let's not talk about sad things, and because it's all sad. And, Mm -hmm. D&D is sad and happy in every imaginable emotion you can think of. All at the same time. And homebrew is just as bad. Homebrew is. It's time seven. One last shout out of a homebrew semi-official, unofficial thing. The uh, Gangmasters books, all of those, they're all very good. Those are good. If y'all haven't, I have all of them except one. I don't have the newest one. Um, Brag. Want to take a look at them after afterwards? Yeah, you should, because they are all very good. And like, if I've had a few folks ask me like, how do I start DMing? I don't even recommend these. I recommend the PHB if they want to play Fifth Edition, but I recommend all of those books because mm -hmm. they give you a solid starting point. Yeah, especially to like just get the creative juices flowing, mm -hmm. creating your own things. Full of random tables. Full of we random love tables. random tables. <laughs> <laughs> We're going on a hike. Need that random table. Yup. Need that random table. <laughs> Unless you're arsonist. That's the third <laughs> time you said that. I don't I'm starting to <laughs> wonder. I'm oh, there's a story. There's a story. <laughs> oh, we don't have any like candles we need to hide. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's the story? Well, uh, in my time. Will it give anybody in trouble legally? No, <laughs> no, okay. no, no, okay. no. This all happened Just in a fictional homebrew in, world. In, okay. in my current campaign, uh, my players decided to camp and uh, go and hunt. And one of them being a dragonborn that's the able to... cleric and the fighter go to hunt. Yeah. One of them huh. being a dragonborn that is a uh, fire attribute. Me. Decides to... <laughs> What was it? I used fire breath on a deer that was just laying there, <sighs> probably tired, probably and tired. decides to just. I made cooking faster. Yeah. With my mouth. Yeah. And yeah. then the cleric added to the cooking. It's charred. No, it gets you better. can charge more for that. <laughs> with the green. Uh, with the flame blade. What? No, he did sacred blast. Oh, there you go. Yeah, sacred blast. But missed. Yeah. Holy me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And caused a mini forest <laughs> fire that fairies and uh, oh, no, not the fairies. Little, uh, so fairies and sprites had to use water uh, spells for conjure water and all that to put it out. He's like, "What Who's do you do now that the forest fire started?" And I'm like, "Well, we're gonna get the deer." 
And that was our priority. priority. Yeah, priority. And he describes the sad forest creatures putting it out as we're cackling and walking away with our deer, eating it, and offering food to the vegetarian druid at the same time. Like, you want some? <laughs> after, after horribly... <laughs> charring. Uh, not just... After horribly... Uh, so trying to gut it and yeah, everything in front of her. Mm-hmm. Also, double context: yeah. she was raised by raccoons. Oh, so, oh no! So she oh, really no. loves the forest. Yeah, it's wow. really fun watching her like interact with food and stuff as she dunks it in water. Yeah, <laughs> we're like. <laughs> it's got a voice in it. <laughs> that, that's how you gotta clean it. Gotta clean it. Like she'll do it in taverns, and we're like, "Stop it! Stop it! Stop it!" <laughs> People are watching. Look normal. People are watching. It's really funny because she's dating an NPC, and we're like, "Stop it! Stop it! Normal! Mm-hmm. Normal!" <laughs> remember, remember your human manners. That disappointed <laughs> mom just elbowing you. Yep. 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 Cut it right now. We do this Oh. <laughs> uh, all right. Thank you for that story. Homebrew at its finest. Yeah. Homebrew at its finest. Yeah. That's the plan allowing the creativity of the player characters and also the player characters feeling safe and comfortable enough to express their creativity. It's yeah. all one big nurturing ecosystem. Yes. Within boundaries, otherwise then you get a god. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then you pull out the deck of many things and see how far this rabbit hole goes. Yeah. There can be only one. It doesn't go far usually. Everybody draws a death card. No, some people get the three wishes card and then some God becomes Godder. <laughs> I named it Beers for a reason. Uh-huh. <laughs> Tell me about this. I enjoy it every time I hear it. Um, yes, uh, there. Uh, there was the last episode uh, had Ben and Kayla here. Kayla, who she works at the place we work, but not the place we work at the other place. The other other place. The other other place. Got it. Yes. The other part of the ecosystem. Yeah. Yes. Um, she has been in a campaign for, she said it was a three-year campaign, but they got to a point where the uh, DM had this guild, and like they asked the questions, like, how many people are actually in this guild? He was like, this guild usually has like a, roughly a hundred or so folks. And they asked him, do you want to create all those NPCs? And he was like, no. So he trusted all of them to create like four or five NPCs each and to manage them, and now they have this very overlapping and interconnecting world that she had talked about in the last episode. So go read, listen That's to the last episode. That's rad. Yeah, go listen to the last episode. Um, it And she talks about it in detail, and like I was in awe. It was very, I was like, oh, that sounds really cool. And they have this within their world. If one session, say, he's tired of doing the main story, they can play a pack of NPCs that went and did another thing, and sometimes those NPCs will affect the overarching world. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, I'm like, oh, that's really dope. And it's really good that your DM trusts you all yeah. enough to do that and not create a problem. Yeah. I love having players run multiple characters. And we did a B-team episode where something similar, world-affecting, happened during the B-team episode. And then now, they're just now, 30 sessions later, getting around <laughs> to 
exploring the storyline where that's going to become relevant. So yeah, yeah. it's it's super rewarding to let your players just do their own homebrew within your setting, your exactly. own homebrew. Yeah, so. feels really good too when they really invest. Yeah, I'm gonna experience that really soon <laughs> <laughs> in a very advanced way. Heck yeah, yeah. But without further ado, I I I, I want this this gentleman to get a chance to really talk about his head because I'm excited about it. Uh, sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. Alan, absolutely. Alex, without without anything else, unless anybody has anything else. No, I want to know about the book. Yeah, we want to know about the book. Okay. Yeah. Um. So it's called the Broken Bent and Bowed. Uh, this is this that's the title of the book. Um. The setting is called Broken Oaths. It is. Um. I think the best way to describe it is it's a a love letter to um, old school role playing, but still keeping like new school um, like mechanics and and resources, kind of the the basis of fifth edition with your advantage disadvantage, um, you know your your action bonus action reaction, um, borrowing things from Pathfinder second edition and some of those other. Um, systems that have made like really cool, awesome advancements and like mechanics and things like that. Um, it's uh, kind of like a solemn fantasy world. Uh, the world is this single continent that sort of has this really, really lengthy history, um, and then the system itself is directly and intrinsically tied into that. So, one of the things that I wanted to do with my system was have it. Um, like layered into the setting. So the setting is kind of solemn. I wouldn't call it grimdark. Uh, it's it's more just um, shades of gray. There's no alignment. There's no outer planes. There's really just this, this one central physical material world and then a few offshoots of that. Um, so, you know, players only get up to 10th level. There's only nine player classes. Um, everyone's a human. Stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I, I have the the nine classes. They uh, some of them are homebrew. Some of them are things that I've adapted from other homebrew. So this is this is like homebrewception. <laughs> yes. What made you want to create this? Oh man. Um, so five years ago, I decided, like I said, to make a forever setting, and I started coming up with this setting. And originally, it started um, as. Just kind of like a thought experiment or two. Uh, I'd found a few other homebrew settings that people had designed. Um, one of them, which was called the Thawing Kingdoms, that went to Kickstarter. Uh, I should have brought the zine for that, but uh, the blog for it is called The Bottomless Sarcophagus. Um, that's an excellent, excellent uh, setting. Some really cool stuff there. Um, and then the other one was, I forget what I got it from, but it was the idea that there is a mist that sort of uh, occupies a, a greater part of the setting. It's this otherworldly fog that has sort of settled in the center of the continent. And it's a place where the Fae roam freely. They're not your typical, like, you know, fifth edition Fae where they're whimsical and pranksters. It's like <laughs> the, uh, uh, the Fae will like kidnap you and take you to a to their their multifarious and disconnected realms. Uh, 
Uh, yes, yeah, they're they're the kind that will like take you and Not and put you to work in a gladiator. No, no, <laughs> uh, they're they're pretty bad. Um, but like the setting, uh, uh, Broken Oaths takes a lot of inspiration from The Witcher. It takes a lot of inspiration from Dragon Age. It takes a lot of inspiration from late 1800s, sort of like 19th century uh, war literature. Um, the the setting's pretty concerned with sort of like this idea of. Um, like the scars of history, both magical and material, and their impact on the world. So war is a really big thing. Um, and uh, Peaky Blinders is like my favorite TV show, so of course I had to have like a little, you know, early 20th century industrialism and stuff like that in there. Yeah. Um, just a few feuding Irish people. Just a few feuding <laughs> <Some> Irish <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, just uh, you know, um, there, there's, I, I explore themes like, uh, like, like industrialism and capitalism and Imperialism and all those kinds of things in some parts of the setting, and then in other parts of the setting, I explore like these really basic ideas of like man versus nature and man versus God, um, so stuff like that. Getting a little Bioshocky there. If you're oh yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they. Well, would you kindly? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Actually, that's a fun way of thinking about character classes. If you've never done that, like frame them within the the, the nine. Like man versus man, man versus God, man versus nature. Oh, yeah. So is... like, oh. yeah, I know, right? Oh, your brain's a yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm tickling you. your brain matter. Yes, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Um, Some more wrinkles appeared in your brain just now. Just now. Yes. Yep. Like deep thought has triggered. Mm-hmm. You are stroking the beard yeah. right now. There's some Ooh. Jungian dream psychology in the setting. Uh, there's like a, a pretty, the, the setting is very heavily inspired by like the idea of dreams and like dreams having power and the collective subconscious and like um, uh, Aboriginal dream time and like this, this Jungian idea of like a collective subconscious and stuff like that. So um, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's a lot of fun. We've been playing it for over two years. So yeah, on like our 114th session. <laughs> so yeah. I remember when you first started working on it, and you were, because yeah, you were over at the coffee bar, and you were like trying to re, you were stuck on Warlock for a minute. Oh yeah, yeah, Warlock was hard. I eventually settled on uh, Warlocks can just cast spells at will. They don't have spell slots. They they don't get to learn spells like other spellcasters. Uh, it's more similar to how they were in Third Edition 3.5. They just they just have these things that they can always do all the time. Um, but they can only cast their spells at the base level, and their spell lists are curated for them by their subclass. So you don't get to learn new spells. Um, some of your invocations teach you ones you can do, like once per short rest, long rest, stuff like that. But okay. yeah, is this the one that I saw you drawing maps for? Oh yeah, often? yeah, and I got my map with me too. <laughs> I brought the map. I brought visual aids. Nobody will be able to see them on the podcast, but you guys can. We can yeah. see them. They'll yes. be new to Ken. That's true. You've never seen them. There it is. I'm pretty. I'm pretty proud of my maps. <laughs> so let me let me ask you this, and you if you don't have an answer, that no, is great. completely okay. Yeah, hit me. What do you want this to become? Yeah. Um, well, I I am currently in the process of writing Thomas, which is through Halls of Mist and Stone. I named it before I realized it was an acronym, and so now Thomas is my friend. <laughs> um, and Thomas and me are fighting right now because I'm writing the skills section and it's just trudging through 
mindless writing, but I, I eventually want to have um, a complete tome of, of rules that I can eliminate the need for any other book for any fantasy game I want to run, run at any point in the future. So it's going to have setting information, it's going to have procedures for exploration, it's going to have all the character creation rules you need. It's one book for the entire table, no separation between the dungeon master and the players. Um, all of the information is up front. If there are DCs, the game tells players how those DCs are calculated, shows them the stats for monsters. I don't roll behind a DM screen. I want everything out in the open. Um, I don't want the game to be like that as well. So, Because um, I think it's more fun when you have all the information and you're still able to create compelling stories, even when the players are like, oh, I know the evasion of this monster. I know the 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 saving throw DC. And I, and I know that, and I know that there's tension in that because I've seen my players do that, where they're like, oh man, I, I have to roll a, a 14 or higher on this, and they roll, and they get the 14, and they're like, oh, yes, yes, I did it, I just barely did it. And you, there's there's a satisfaction that players get from that that's really cool. So, yeah, that's eventually what I want to have, just one book I can, like, slam on the table. So you want, like, a singular module yeah, just a, a big tome that I can just... Like that big? Like, honestly... Three inches? So, two inches? So Thomas right now is probably a third of the way done. It's 156 pages in Word. Jeez, Thomas. Uh, Jeez, Thomas, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the Broken, Bent, and Bowed, which is just class rules. Nothing else in this is like 105, 112. Um, and then there's, like I said, Thomas is about two-thirds of the way done. I've still got to write everything for the setting. And I have probably like 200 or so more spells that are going to go into it. So, 200 or so more spells. Yeah, I want there to be lots of spells. Have you not seen the amount of spell books you own, yeah. sir? Spell books, spells, spells are fun. Yeah. I, I just mean, I, I want to see the spells. Oh, oh, I mean, I brought them with me. I've got them right here. If you want to look at them, you can. But yeah, yeah. That's the, that's the objective. You're gonna have to have post podcast book time. Yeah, podcast yeah. book time. Absolutely. Uh, well, thank you for sharing. I, 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 yeah, I've seen you working on it. I know you've been working on it, and I am really excited. It's like here with he had it's say, physical. It's physical. I have it's witnessed the blood, sweat, and tears. Yes. Yeah. There were some oh, things that, that that just like for the longest time I wrestled with the idea of a cleric, but there's no gods in the setting, or there are, but they're dead or lost or missing or what have you. So so why would you have a cleric? But I you know, I still want to have that archetype represented for players that want to play a divine Faith spellcaster. Faith can exist even without a god. Exactly, and it absolutely does. Faith is one of the biggest driving uh, sources of conflict in the entire setting, and there's no cleric and there's no paladin. So yeah. you can still have characters who believe in a faith and, and consider themselves like warriors of that faith without having... Uh, class that clearly delineates like you can use this spell and this magic to do this thing. Nah, play barbarian. Play barbarian and and be the murderous faith based killer you've always wanted. Please don't want to be that. But like you've always wanted to be. You know, it's like faith and hope are interchangeable. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hope is the is the thing that gives power to faith. Pretty much. Yeah. In so. characters, nothing's more fun than watching them have hope or lose hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've, we've gone through 
many cycles of that. Yes. So. Oh. oh, sorry. I'm your future DM. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's good. It's good. It's, it's I like good. to know what I'm getting into. <laughs> I like to prepare my for my suffering. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> for context, listeners, I'm about to host a DM player campaign on Quinn's podcast. Of a bunch of player characters that are DMs with starting level 10 characters that are fully homebrewed. They can be from any place, any plane, anywhere, anything. Because they will be pulled out of their existence to another one. That's Ooh. That's great because I, tenth level's max level for broken oaths. So, so I'm just gonna pull a max level character. <laughs> level yeah. like, what do you mean I get stronger? Yeah, that uh, <laughs> doesn't happen for me. I don't have anywhere to go. I've already peaked. I feel in like high school. usually when you're starting off, people sometimes if they're vanilla players, you usually start like between one and three. Mm. If they're a little more advanced, maybe you kick them up to five. And I'm over here like I have DMs as player characters. They're starting at level ten. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be great. It'll be crunchy. I can't wait. I'm excited. I can't wait to have fifth level spells. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Yes. Don't worry, listeners, I'm compensating for everything I hear. (laughs) Put a dragon right here. (laughs) No, you can't seduce it. (laughs) It seduces you. I I respect the dragon too much for that. See, that's the thing that I'm going to be most fascinated about speaking in homebrew is to see the evolution of DMs as PCs and how you will incorporate the homebrew you like the most into your characters. Mm -hmm. Because no one knows homebrew better than a DM and no one fangirls more over their homebrew than a DM. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how you create an essence of your fandom. Basically, your ideal character. It's not even ideal. It's your most yeah. fun character, to yeah, be honest. It's going to be something that you will be fun to bring alive and put through this world that I'm going to shove you into against your will. Because <laughs> that's <laughs> well consensually. Yeah, against your will consensually. Technically consensually, because you all agreed to play the game. So that's your consent. Boom. <laughs> Waiver signed. I hit the boom button. You're <laughs> <laughs> right when I clapped. Yeah. <laughs> Just say. But, like, that's what I want to see as evolution of homebrew. Because that is what homebrew is to see how far it goes, how much you enjoy it, and what better than to see DMs experience it as a player character. Mm-hmm. And get to see one of Alexander's characters come Maybe. to life at max. It'll be a good test run. Yeah, yeah. Of a oh, maxed wow. character. There's some, there's some spice in here. There's some spice, spice. in that spice. book. Oh, yeah. Will it be a spiced rum or a spiced bum? We'll see. Whew. Either way, good time out here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've, I've been working on a... World? Universe? Galaxy? I don't know. It, uh, in I'm my, down Thanos. In my, in my garage currently on the wall, there is a star chart with 20 quadrants that I've been working on creating different planets and how they rotate and like everything. Well, you're starting at the very biggest scale and <laughs> yeah. working down from <laughs> and there. Down. Or it's Kingdom Hearts. 
or it's, or it's Kingdom, Kingdom Hearts. Hearts. <laughs> so, uh, and one thing that I kind of decided on, I don't know when I decided this, but I remember it's in one of those notebooks somewhere over there. Um, one of the quadrants is like the where forget the planet that Faerun is on. It's like fifth edition Torrent. Yeah. It's with the fifth edition D and D, like that little galaxy. It's that po- pocket. Oh. So anything outside of that is going to be different worlds that may have different uh, different rules to them, and that's kind of where I'm working. So that in my life going forward, I can just pull out a quadrant and like here's a thing, and then if some crazy thing happens, they can end up in like <laughs> they can like, yeah. end up on Beirut and on Torrent, or they're in New York. Who knows? Or they're in New York. I love it. So. <laughs> it's Spelljammer but bigger. But bigger. Yeah. Yes. Love that. Oh, yeah. And that and I don't know when I'm gonna finish it. I haven't last time I worked on it was like a month ago. And I created a planet and there are triceratops people. I like that. I'm so that's all you gotta say. <laughs> so but yeah. That, that's just true. triceratops people? No, they're so it's they it's the Latin word for reptile and that's the first part of this territory. And it's called that territory because they're a triarchy. It's the Triceratops people on one planet, and then two other races on other. Triarchy of Triceratops people. <laughs> so you're just <laughs> trying to tongue tie everybody. You're trying to tongue tie the world. This is tongue tie world. You're Triceratops and triarchy. You're the tri tri. We're the tri. Oh fuck. <laughs> Deter to terrorists and make a comeback. <laughs> Uh, Tracy, Travis, and Trevor are, are three alias names used by my players to, whenever they put on a disguise, it's Travis, Tracy, and Trevor. Maybe it's not Trevor, I don't remember. But I know Travis and Tracy are in there, and they call themselves the tur turs The tur So, that's, uh... Yeah, that's... <laughs> oh, but, yeah... They're all reptile-based creatures within that quadrant, and they don't like anybody else, really. Typical. Species. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's one thing I've, like, I don't know about y'all, and this is also kind of dealing in homebrew. Uh, Dealing with, like, heavier subjects like that Mm -hmm. in games, like actual fantasy racism and, and stuff. Like, I mean, they... Talk about it in like you know the Wizards of the Coast books. Like they don't like them because of this. But I also don't think I've run across no because Coralon the Rathian stabbed out Grumsh's eye, and that's why the elves don't like the orcs and vice versa. And it's yeah. like okay, that's a great explanation, but like it's still fantasy racism. It's still fantasy racism. <laughs> you know. Uh, and I I think I think Five Torches Deep kind uh-huh. of also they I think they hit it the hardest. It was kind of like nail on the head most of, with most of it, uh, but everything else it usually keeps it light, and that's fine. Yeah. But sometimes you know you, you need to make people feel it. Yeah, I I, I wanted broken oaths to tackle heavy subjects, but I also didn't want there to be like just the the kind of like fantasy prejudices that that fifth edition kind of has is almost like a a vestigial <laughs> holdover from. The, the Tolkien-esque inspiration of D&D. Yes. And I was just like, 
fuck it, there's only humans. There's That's only it. Humans. You only get humans. Nobody gets to be like, ah, oh, what's up, knife ears? And you're like, whoa, yeah. chill, dude. Yeah. Like, that's that's a slur. You can't say that. that. To be honest, um, Ken's campaign recently has his player characters going through with how they deal with goblin racism. Since mm-hmm. we have two goblins, an NPC, and a player character, Aww. our cleric is a goblin. Aww. <laughs> That's our spider with me. It's not really, I wouldn't say it's like full-on like, fantasy racism. I feel like we come that. at it well. It, it was more, um, my, my campaign, the way that I have it is, it breaks the, the I guess, the static norm of it where... Uh, tieflings are looked down upon mm. because they are hellish fiendish. fiendish. Yeah. Uh, goblins are all uh, stupid and they only want one thing. Same with kobolds. I've I decided to go in the in the direction of no, this whole world is going to shit. So nobody's really attacking anybody else based on their race or anything, but there are still some of those people that, while they won't just come out and, you know, say a slur to to a goblin or a tiefling or anything, you can definitely tell that they will not, uh... You should talk about the Halloween century. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) They won't treat them the same as others. They have prejudice towards them. Yes. Um... Which I mean, that kind of coincides with you know, racism and all that. Not, we're not going to get into that. <laughs> uh, no, class warfare is way more interesting. <laughs> yes, um, there was a little uh, side uh, session that we did for Halloween, and one of the NPCs that I that I voice, Gabi, who is like, the, yes, yes, <laughs> uh, we adopted them. adopted them at the beginning of the campaign. First session, yep. all right? Of course. Uh, that was over a year ago, a year and a half ago. Their child. <laughs> yes, they're like 12, 13 years old, technically. Okay. All right? They were finally getting to trick-or-treat, and they got to this one house where... <laughs> where the, uh, the lady of the, the house, she opens the door, and she's like, eh, and gave Gabi a little bit of candy... But Gabi had already saw the kids previous getting bucos mm-hmm. of candy, and was just like, well, "What do I do?" And what an asshole! And just walks away. Goutbone, the more level-headed of the group. You say that? Yes, uh, I'll get into that <laughs> later. Uh, Goutbone. cleric is, is a <laughs> goblin cleric, former. Rogue in another reality, brought over by Mistra, okay. who has taken a liking to him, uh, made him a uh, cleric champion, or uh, he didn't like that. Had a few words. She slammed the door on him after he did a few thaumaturgies. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, okay. he decides to get back into his uh, roguish. Uh, escapades, climbs into the window, starts uh, 
doing more thaumaturgy causes the lady to run up the stairs, not seeing him. He was being very sneaky. He goes into the bathroom and he just lets it all out on her, just thaumaturgy, making her freak out, paranoid. And I'm just like, you know what? Keep going. Let's see where, where you're going with this. Finally stops after she's pretty much canatonic and foaming at the mouth in the bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, oh, she learned her lesson. For context, Galphone also has a Jersey accent. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> yes. The whole time. Just Holy scathing Jersey yes. accent. And just walks out, grabs the rest of the candy after he was, you know, taking some. Other stuff that would have been able to be sold for some good coins. <laughs> just like oh, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Just takes the candy instead, and it's just like, Gabby, it's okay. You know, people are going to be like that, but you know what? You got us. I just love it because he's like, yeah, you know what, Gabby? She wanted to give you more candy. She felt bad. She felt bad for what she did. She felt, she felt, she felt bad, bad for you. So she got, she got more candy for you. I got it for you. Yeah. She she learned her lesson, Gabby, and I'm like, mm, we should move. We should probably move. Yeah, we can't stay here anymore. We've got to leave. We got to the end of the trick or treating to this little festival area, and then my character dealt with a misogynistic yes uh, misogyny and uh, orc. I uh, arm wrestled him through the floor. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, through natural. Chunky rolls. Wow. Mm. Oh, a visual opposed strength between oh. both the DM and mm. I. Like, we saw Beautiful. both the rolls. And I mm. just broke a table and threw the man off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> so, I Super feel like awesome. homebrew is also good with combating those sensitive topics. Especially when you're successful or trauma bonding. <laughs> when yeah. you're not successful. And, and the drama part of it, that's what brings it a little bit more a little bit more fun and gets the people involved more with their character when they can interact with all that. <laughs> and don't put too much in there because then it can just get a little weird. <laughs> but just, weird just a little bit of spice and just not really making it seem like that's what this whole entire thing is about. You just added a little bit of spice. <laughs> just, just a drizzle. Just a little just touch. A <laughs> yeah. Just a little drizzle. Yeah. Sure. Spice, everything nice. Oh shit, Chemical X. That's a whole vat of trauma just right in there. Oh dear. Well, I gotta bake it. <laughs> Players will love this. <laughs> uh, well, I think I. Does anyone have anything else? I don't think so. Do you have a question? Do I have a question? Oh, yes. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. It's a very simple question. Um, and, it, and it's just ending it on a kind of a, a lighter note. What is your favorite homebrew, besides your own, mm-hmm. that you have come across? I brought mine. <laughs> he brought I brought mine. Uh, it's called The Vast in the Dark. Um, Charles Ferguson Avery. Um, it is... A full setting and system for role-playing in a, uh, well, uh, a, a liminal realm hidden far away from our own, 
always waning and on the verge of collapse, host to countless lost souls, alien treasures, crumbling ruins, brutalist architecture. Uh, there's world generation, like you can, you can create dungeons using the rules that are in here. Um, there's there's rules for character abilities. There's rules for exploration, for madness, for getting lost, for all kinds of cool stuff. The art is absolutely incredible. It comes with its own character sheet at the very back. Um, yeah, it's it's really really cool, um, and and it's also like cathartic. It's it's about loneliness and about loss and about um, memory and self and and feeling like you're trapped and alone in a dark and uncaring wasteland of a world. Um, and and it's a, a world that you can eventually escape if you can figure out how to do that. Uh, there's a there's a puzzle hidden within the rules and within the game on how to get out of the vast and. No spoilers. No <laughs> spoilers. Trauma. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good stuff. Um, this was like a Kickstarter I did a couple years ago, and he came out with the expanded edition that added in, like, almost doubled the size of the zine, um, and and now there's, there's like, 40 pages or so of really good content. My goodness. Yeah. Use D6s to make a dungeon map. Like, it's awesome. Yeah, cool stuff. Well, my favorite homebrew that I've come across is while I've been forging what I'm going to have all these DM PCs do I've come across a lot of potential creativity and items through TikTok and other places just by random chance to help me curate an experience that I hope will be unique and different for people that are vetted and seasoned and as Seasoned as Alexander, of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to be able to make something unique and new, even for people that have done this so, so many times. And homebrew is beautiful in that, because it can always be new. It can be new the moment you interact with each other on the first session. It can be new from any moment. So for me... Just experiencing players going through something that's homebrew is always the magical moment for me. That's my favorite thing. That's why I can't really surmise it into a thing or a type or stuff. It's just I get that euphoria from just seeing that first session and watching how this roller coaster is going to ride. Mm-hmm. Will it go off the rails? Probably. 100%. But it doesn't Absolutely. mean anyone's going to die. Nah. They'll just be in the carriage screaming the whole way down the hill. <laughs> It'll be funny. It'll be funny. Uh, honestly, I like to pick other people's brains just to kind of get an idea of uh, what they're currently doing and kind of take bits and pieces from that. To be like, hmm, I like that idea. I want to try it. I want to implement it and go from there and just see how everything works, to be honest. <laughs> and if it, if it does, great. If it doesn't, maybe, you know, 10 sessions in, party might forget about <laughs> what happened and we don't talk about it anymore. We don't talk about it. And that, that's the great thing about homebrew in general is you can the dm can make anything canon so the first session you say oh yeah all these uh gods and deities are dead 30 sessions in you're like 
oh, I said that, but there's still others that are growing in power to become the new. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's definitely happening in Burnout. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I started off the campaign by telling them, like, hey, yeah, you know, no divine magic, no divine spellcasters, no paladins. Gods are dead. Nobody's seen or heard from a god in over a thousand years. Woof. And, <laughs> and now the players are eighth level or so, and they've met three gods, and they were like, "Oh, we didn't know that that there were still gods kicking about. We we thought we thought y'all were we thought you were dead." <laughs> They're like, "Oh no, we're not dead. We just isolated ourselves in dream prisons outside so. reality in order to escape the." actions of a traitor in our midst and uh yeah he's still out there too so you know be careful don't don't free him that's exactly what they're on their way to do right now they're they're like ah we need this sword and they found out last session oh the sword's been used as a key to seal him away look at that so yeah it's all coming together the sword (laughs) oh they really do they really do if uh if blake doesn't get the the sword of the first kings he's he's uh i think he'll just quit um Oh. The, the game. Uh, oh. uh, no, he wouldn't quit, but he'd be he'd be deeply disappointed. So he he went he made a hero forge mini. It's got the sword. It has the it has sword. The sword. Oh. He, he's, he's already invested. He he printed that, and then he printed the big version because he's a legacy <laughs> fighter from when this was still a fifth edition. So so he's got the the giant blooded whatever. Where when they. I think it's a fighter thing, the uh-huh. storm, the runes, the yeah. rune knight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's got some legacy abilities from that, but when he rages, he gets big. That's his thing. Oh. See, he, when he rages, we changed to a barbarian when we switched to broken bed and bowed. So now when he rages, he, gets, he gets, goes big mode. Big boy. Sitting there, tear and I, don't release him, but I must. I have to. <laughs> it's like, puts his mini thing on the table. Yeah. Just the He's best. A... You should just get like a replica sword at a reg- regular shop. Oh yeah. Well, I, I and I can't have him leave our campaign because um, uh, he's going to be famous at some point. So he's, he's in a band. So. Oh, there you go. You're yeah. like yeah. he will not have time for me. Yeah. And I need his time. Now. That's right. Exactly. The my my favorite. I'll say it. My turn now. Uh, <laughs> my favorite that I ran across is just called Empowered. Uh, it's basically like every superhero. And it's templates to like make oh, every cool. superhero that's like ever existed. And then I also ran across like a dark side stat block. And so I'm like, okay, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll put this in here with this. Yeah, it's CR three thousand hit points. Yeah, he's, he don't, Damn. He, you don't fight this. No, I mean <laughs> but you do. You negotiate <laughs> with your brain. Yeah. But there <laughs> are things. But like when this gets to level twenty. And you basically have made your carbon copy of Superman. Mm-hmm. You can fight this, and I'm like, I like this. Yeah, and this. Yeah, yeah. I want to put those two things together. Together. Yeah, that's rad. Yeah. There was a there was a game that we played at one point called Mutants and Masterminds that was really cool. It was a completely different system, but it was a lot of fun. Um, it was like the second second tabletop role playing game I ever played. It was third edition, and I didn't know what D and D was, so I didn't know what third edition was. And then it was Shadowrun. Horrible experience. <laughs> Played one session. There were, I think, 15 players at the table. We split into two squads for our mission. I played a an elven street samurai. I think I did one cool dope. thing, and I rode in the sidecar of another player's motorcycle, and we ramped off of those. Anyways, 
But then Mutants and Mastermind, uh, we need to do superhero stuff. We need to we, do superhero We absolutely stuff. need to do superhero yeah, stuff. Yeah, we definitely like, do. We need more of that. Yes. Like a guy who could turn into organic metal, like uh, Colossus. See, yeah, I want to do that, man. <laughs> I want to do that again. See, you say that, and then I've also seen the bad side of Homebrew, where someone made a superhero that was so bad. That was for Ken's campaign, actually. I did not. Oh, Sponsor me, mommy. That's the first thing it picks up. Oh, yes. For a kid's campaign, it's the last thing you said. And then it goes to sponsor me, daddy. It goes to sponsor me, daddy. Sponsor me, mommy. Uh, For context, Anchor, you should sponsor Quinn. Please? (laughs) Please. Uh, But Ken's campaign, Ken was pulling in characters from. He was offering people, and that's where we got the marvelous Gout Bone from. Love him. And many others. But we also got this one that... (laughs) I feel like you should describe it, but I hated it, and I vented to Alexander about it, how much I hated it. Uh, So, (laughs) it it was pretty much up for for anybody to join. At least two people I requested. We got got Gout Bone. Great. Fantastic. Love him. Uh, love him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we got another player. Not going to name, put his actual name out there or anything like that. Uh, but he made a character named Stony Tark, which is a play on words for Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he consistently, instead of being drunk like Tony Stark is normally, uh, he was consistently high. Oh, okay. Hilarious. Yes. And it got to the point where it just... Was he an artificer? I believe so, yes. Because yeah. he had the ability to get the uh-huh. I remember armor this now. on and everything. And if he had the armor off, he was wearing a tuxedo. and huh. uh, had. I've never seen a stoner in a tuxedo. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't think you yeah. could get somebody high and put them in a tuxedo. So it, it, yeah. that I don't... I, immediately, I'm... Suspension of disbelief is broken. I'm sorry. <laughs> I completely understand. And he, he, half his face, he said, was burnt due to an accident. And it got to the point where he just kept making, I say excuses. There could have been, you know, valid reasons. But when you tell me the day before the actual session that, oh, I had a gig and I knew about it a couple days ago. And just now decided to tell you. Mm. Scheduling. Then, we should do an episode on scheduling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. scheduling. Oh. And it's a consistent thing. It's just like, okay, one, the players don't really care for your character. Two, you've been uh, just not uh, paying attention to when I ask for your uh, for for your uh, com- compliance in this and kind of ghosting me. And three, it's like, you know what? I gave you several chances. But, like, I saw Empowered, and Empowered looks cool, but this person just ruined Mm -hmm. the idea of superheroes for me because it was so lazy. (laughs) It was just so lazy. It was a carbon-paste copy of Tony Stark and Iron Man, and he could shoot beams from his hands, and I'm like, oh, really? He had armor that was always on, apparently, but not on, but on. Uh, that's like, the artificer for you. He also referenced <laughs> everything in our modern world as Tony Stark. 
Yeah. Like he talked about New York. He talked about sandwiches. He would always just mm. just think it was comedically nice to be like, oh, I'm just going to sit here and get high. And I'm like, we're over here trying. We're deeply role-playing. We yeah. are all committed to the sauce of role-play. And he's over here just putzing around doing the bare minimum of the bare minimum. And mm. I got so... Feral angry that I've kept telling Ken, like, I don't like him. I don't like this character. And then I went to work and told Alexander, I don't like this character. What's your opinion as a veteran DM? Like, I hate this. Yeah. This is lazy. You gotta get everybody on the same page when it comes to stuff like that. Like yeah. if you're if your campaign like for instance, my campaign right now, there's whimsy, there's fun moments, there's there's little bits of light and, and joking, but I, I, you this know, is medieval yeah, theme. This, well, we, and it's, it's solemn fantasy. Yeah. is yeah. in a medieval, we're in a fade forest. You gotta buy in. Yeah. You can you definitely gotta, tell who's you have more to buy in. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I did try talking with them multiple times to let them know, like, hey, can you get in, get actually get into character? Yeah. And when you're... I feel my face is when red. You're, I'm so angry. <laughs> <laughs> you're constantly talking, and it feels like just talking to a wall, a brick wall. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else you can do, and yeah. it's just time to... That's a bummer. Yeah. So for context, that's like the bad of homebrew for mm. me. That's it only the lasted bad. three sessions, barely. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that is sad. He's like walking around with a fucking boulder. <laughs> what? Hey, now, don't insult Boldy, okay? <laughs> He's a very well... Boldy was res- probably better than Stony Tart. Boldy is... Stony Tart. Boldy that was done. his name! Yeah. I know, I know, and every time I hear it, I'm like, that's just... Okay. Stony Tark sounds like an insult from an orc in, uh, in... To a golem? Mid, um... Baldur's Gate? No, the, the <laughs> Lord of the Rings game where you play as a ranger. Oh, oh, fuck. Yeah, yes, you know. I, I know exactly the game you're talking about. What is it called? I cannot... Shadow of the Shadow Mortar. Of the Shadow yes. Mortar yeah. yeah, they call him a Tark in that, yeah. so when you said Stony Tark, I was like, that's a weird insult. <laughs> oh, is he a human ranger? Like, what's happening? So, yes, there is yeah. a dark side to homebrew of, like, that. Yeah. That is what I would call the dark side of homebrew, is that. That, mm-hmm. I hate yes. that. I'm so mad. Sorry. Well, okay, so, but the thing is, is, like, I don't feel like that's even homebrew. I feel like that's just a player he having a lack was. of commitment to the idea of the campaign. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, if they, if he was playing, like, a homebrew class, but, but the problem there sounds like he just refused to engage on you guys' level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, he was just saying, I'm not going to play a character the way that everyone else is playing the character, right? Like, that was a conversation that, that... I, I don't know, man. That that sucks. Because that's... Yeah. Like, you can be playing a normal 5th edition character and still play a character that way and make and ruin everybody's fun. You know, pissing their Cheerios kind of yeah. thing. And, and... Yeah. I don't know. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's yeah, so there, lame. There's no, there's, no, yeah, there's no good way around that. It's like you keep them in the game, everybody else is not having fun. Yeah. Or then you have to, like, have that difficult conversation i always and, err on the side of maximum fun for maximum people yeah. like if it's going to make more people have more fun that's that's what you got to do yeah. you know so i think yeah. you did the right thing yeah. obviously because yeah, you guys are still playing your campaign and you're having a good time so, well so. i'm going to tell you this the most level-headed character out of the group Galbone, 
last session decides decided to put their head into a bag of holding. Why would Ooh. you do that? Because hmm. it fit. After, well, an, after well, a hand came out and grabbed my character. Oh, so oh, a bag of holding. Huh? A bag of so he's you, like, ooh, <laughs> and puts it on his head. You all know the homebrew, the bag man? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The bag right. man. Yeah. As I love it saying. because it just, so much mystery and creepiness with it. Had something happen. Uh, I can't. Well, actually, I technically can't because yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm here, but you the can... characters have been fighting the have been fighting uh, sins like high level devils and stuff, uh, taking their hearts, indestructible hearts, and taking their weapons to like keep away from anything else. Well. Unfortunately, they were putting it all in the bag of holding, oh. and uh, they oh. started to notice that the bag of holding was getting this weird mildewy look at Dang. the bottom and started to creep up. Decided to empty it and realized a lot of their stuff is still there, but those sim weapons and hearts are gone. And the branding on our hands from greed is also gone, binding mm-hmm. us to one task. <sighs> And so they all decide, early in the morning, after hearing a scream, uh, after doing that, all rush into the room, and they're like, what's going on? What do we do? We have to go do this thing, but we can't do this if we're having to worry about this. What's going on with our uh, marks? Why are they gone? Did we do something in the middle of the night? Did Greed have us do something? Scalehide's character decides to reach... Their hand into the bag of holding to see if she can around find on her shelves in there mm-hmm. that we have. Mm-hmm. She is met with a very strong grasp of a long, gangly huh. hand getting huh. uh-huh. out. You're done, bro. <laughs> That's it. And I'm like, I, it hurts. It hurts. I can't get it out. And, and then I like, I'll pull my arm out, and it's burned. And there's there's a it's mark there. Described. There's still a mark, like a hand mark. And Scalehide is like, what is going on? What? We're still all in our pajamas. I've never been hurt like this. What? What? This is weird. I'm a dragon. This doesn't happen. And they're all f- trying to figure stuff out. Goutbone decides, hmm, I wonder if I can just see something in there. Neat. <laughs> yeah, that's a no for me, Neat. dog. Uh, <laughs> he is suddenly pulled in. I grab yep, ankles, and then we just ankle grab, and we're all drugged yeah. in, in our pajamas. So they're so majority of them don't have their weapons or armor. So, fuck around and find out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the scale. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it was at one of those, it was at the pivotal point at the end of the session that I'm like, I fucking hate you, <laughs> but I'm glad you did this. Oh, yeah. Because this is going to be so much more fun. Yes. Yeah, you <laughs> have hand it on a golden I, platter. I, I actually <laughs> messed it up because I was the one that was like, weren't we all in our pajamas without weapons? And Ken's like, oh, really? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oopsie. No, that's great. I love that. Uh, He's like, well, since you said that, that's what it yeah, is. And I'm like, that affects me the most because I'm the fighter and my mm. god tier weapon yep. is back there. My armor's back there and everyone else's spellcasters. And love I'm just it. over here like, well, good thing I put this in the roll 20 because that's what I'm going <laughs> to be doing. Like, got him. <laughs> I'm always armed and dangerous. <laughs> oh, man. I have a mouth of fire and fists. That's about that's all, all I you need. Honestly. <laughs> To fight the Bagman, which also, Galphone and the Druid got in an argument because the raccoons Jesus. referred to the lore of the Baggy Man, 
Yeah. And Galpo knew the lore of the bag man. So he's like, it's the bag man. And she's like, no, the baggy man. And they just constantly go after each other. <laughs> so every time Galpo's like, well, the bag man, she's like, baggy, baggy. baggy man. Baggy man. <laughs> and I'm just over here, like, between both of them, like, one of you's right. Because my character also was sheltered from knowing Santa's not real. So mm. I oh, just believe mm. one of them and commit to it. And I think I might choose the druid just to make it more fun and spicy. Oh, yeah. Maximum <laughs> That stress. and I enjoy <clears throat> Galpone's jersey accent. Bag. The bag, bag man. Bag, bag man. But yeah, that is the most recent stuff that's going on, and they're going to have homebrew. to deal with it this Saturday. Which the bag man, I guess, is homebrew, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I've seen that one rolling around. Yep. Some ideas. I, uh, for London's Lost the Plot, uh, the bag man for mine was the bag man, but wasn't. The bag man was the Babadook. And the And the Babadook came after the little boy whose name was Loftus. Oh, uh, Lord have mercy. So, okay. Yeah, they had a wow. whole, they had a whole thing about that. <sighs> and, yeah, it was, well, we're it was all weird. in a bag now, or as Galpin would say, bag. In a bag. We're in bag. Yeah, I think. Uh, With a baggy man. Dang, what's <laughs> the closest thing to a bag man in Broken Oaths? Honestly, probably like some kind of fae. I think there for a minute I had a fae who lived on a realm. Uh, it, was a, it was a fae world that was tidally locked, and 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 like all of it, part of it was always in darkness, part of it was always in light. They called the plane Eclipse. And so they were in the realm of Eclipse, and, and they never got to it. Um, and if they hear this, I guess they'll find out about it. Uh, but there was a there was a fae that lived spoilers. in the spoilers. <laughs> yeah, spoilers. Ah, <laughs> uh, whatever. Who cares? The, I, it's more fun if they know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, what could have been? Um, could still be. Could they're pro- unlikely because um, oh, okay. they re- rescued the daughter of a god from that plane uh, where she had been held prisoner for a thousand years. She's got Tarama. Um, <laughs> with a capital, with a capital T, uh, underline. Yes. Um, uh, yeah. There, there, there was a fae on that plane that was um, essentially. I took like the the root idea of a bugbear because goblins are fae in my setting, and so I wanted to have a continuation of the idea of like bugbears and hobgoblins. Bugbears are bugbears. They are literally that word like a boogeyman. So there are these long, slender fingers sort of crawling over rocks and, like, very spidery, eel-like weirdness. Um, But this one carries a bag and captures people and takes them to sell them to the trolls. The trolls rule Eclipse, and they, they, uh, they run what is essentially like a gladiatorial combat ring thing for Fae. So, you know, you have Fae betting on human combatants versus... Monsters from the wastes of the Fey realms and things like that. So terrifying, horrible. Highly recommend you play Bramble, King of the Mountain. Then Bramble, King of the Mountain. Trolls okay. kidnap kids to be to a king. Oh yeah, yeah. Trolls in this are are bad, bad news. They, I feel they like grow bigger it. the more wealth they have, and they don't have the same uh, uh, like concept of wealth as humans. Um, in fact, Fey don't use money. So all of their wealth is perceived, and so the perception of wealth in the Fae, between Fae, is actually what gives rise to their social hierarchy. So different trolls will be like super skinny and slender and sort of like stick-like, and those are the trolls who are poor, but it's like poor as in like, oh, well, you don't have any like human slaves, so... 
or or you haven't uh, conquered any human realms, or you haven't stolen the, the the metal from a mine or things like that. Like the things that Faye do to fuck with people. Um, but then the really big ones, the corpulent, the the towering trolls, are the ones who have like vaults full of human secrets, things like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're terrifying. I love it. I love trolls. Yeah, and they and they they keep gaggles of goblins around them to enact their gaggles wills. Of goblins. Yeah, goblins are these little they're, they're little blue fur. Uh, they're little blue furred guys that tend to wear like like very very scrappy clothing. So it's like bags, ham, like 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 rucksacks, things like that. Um, and they they like to like cut holes for their eyes, so you can just see their the yellows of their eyes behind their their masks. And they typically don't use weapons because they have like at will like crown of madness and command and things like that. So they can just sort of pick somebody in the party and be like, "Oh, you're going to attack your friends. You're never going to see us." Yeah, goblins are mean. They're gross. I like. Them. I love them. They're great. <laughs> Yes. yes. All right. Well, unless anyone has anything else, mm-hmm. I think, as we've all said at one point in time, that's what we're going to call it. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's where we're going to call it for tonight. Uh, XP? <laughs> XP? Uh, do we love love? Yeah. yeah. XP? I, I, you all, you all what, love loot, love? what loot did I get? Uh, you do we get a, a bonus for going over because I went on a mad rage? <laughs> you do get a bonus. Uh, you have a Vorpal Blade? Can, can I? Vorpal Blade? <laughs> oh. I would like to attack. Megan. <laughs> is my armor still good? I mean, maybe. Can I use a reaction since I'm within five feet of her? <laughs> Are you going to jump what away? What just happened? <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, but yes, well, thank you all for joining me tonight. Uh, lastly, you know, as always, because I always do this, Go listen to the previous episodes, and if you're feeling like spicy, spicy, go listen to all of London's Lost the Plot. Every episode's available now on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever else you find your podcast. Amazon was the hardest to get onto. I believe that they were just like, "Let me, let me see what you have here." Thanks, you're like, that <laughs> Jeffrey Bezos, you need to calm down. I'm just, a, I'm just a humble D and D podcaster now. I, Gotta make his billions. Not an Elon Musk. (laughs) (laughs) I suppose we can allow your podcast, you say. (laughs) (laughs) They're gonna take it down for this. (laughs) (laughs) I get get an email. Um, You're no longer. As always, if you want to talk about the episode, you can reach out to me on my Instagram, which is the underscore Quintaro, or on Facebook, which is Quintaro Ansley. Twitter doesn't exist for me right now, so sorry. Uh, this is X. Wait, X. X the Twitter. They X the Twitter. I've heard of this Twitter. What's Twitter? <laughs> Twitter. Is that that thing that, that went completely long, long under? Ago. The... Twitter's a long, long ago. Oh my gosh. Long, I, I seem to remember ago. hearing something about it a very long the time ago. The bluebird died. The bluebird did die. X. Uh, Elon Musk wearing a cowboy hat backwards went out and shot it with his twenty two. <laughs> yeah. Another cease and desist letter yes, has yep. arrived. <laughs> you are not allowed to get a Tesla. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Oh no. I won't burn to death in my car. <laughs> I won't randomly run over people. Uh, but yes, always uh, we're willing to talk about the episode or anything else. Where you have any questions for anybody else, I can pass those along if you don't want to Send them a thing, but you know what are y'all things if they do want to send you a thing? Uh, 
I really only have a, an Instagram. Uh, it's Avon of Talum. Uh, it's Talum, T-A-L-A-M-H. Um, or I have a Ko-Fi. So you can find Ko-Fi, Broken Oaths. Buy me, uh, buy me an, uh, re-roll on my next saving throw in there. So, yeah. I'm Fuzzy Megs on literally everything. Xbox, whatever, Discord, Instagram, all the things, I am Fuzzy Megs. Megs with a Z at the end. Megs with a Z. I kind of, I have to say that sometimes. <laughs> That's a thing. Yeah. Zoomers don't get it. Oh. <laughs> don't make fun of the new age. <laughs> the new age. Uh, new age is now, Grandpa. Those, those kids don't get that we used to put Z's at the ends of our names. Uh, don't song. forget, there's Alpha now. So oh, that's true. It's true. Oh, everybody's uh, getting older. That's my children. The linear flow of time. <laughs> your uh, turn, Keen. Uh, I'm Banta Shark or Banta Shark. Banta Shark or Banta Shark God on Instagram, Discord. Uh, pretty much you can find me on anything on that end. <laughs> yep. Right. All right. Well, thank you all again for joining me. And Thanks to everybody that's us. listening and also the folks that listen in Germany because Germany is like the number two country for me. And it makes up like 10% of the listeners. Guten Morgen if you're listening in the morning. Guten Morgen. And guten Tag. And guten Abend. And guten Abend. Yeah. Uh, but for everybody else. Wie geht es Ihnen von heute? You could ask them how their day is. I guess. I don't know. Well, I, <laughs> yeah, keep going, Alexander. You're the only one I'll attribute the next 2% to you. <laughs> well, everyone, thank you, and good night.